Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. How is everybody tonight? I'm excited about tonight's show because we've got some cool practice highlights including C.D. Lamb being an absolute alien, including Trayvon Diggs returning to practice with a bang. A little bit of a scare, too, towards the end of the show, because, man, for a second there, you could have thought that Dak Prescott was injured, but not really. So do not, do not panic. That did not happen. Do not worry. I, don't want, I, don't, I didn't mean to scare you. And we even have Gallup beating Stephon Gilmore in a pretty impressive one-on-one. So we'll get into all of that tonight. Welcome everyone into the show. Uh, Let me say hi really quickly. What's up, PC? We've got Charlene, Gilbert, John, Toxic Tom. (laughs) Toxic Tom, we will talk about that. Toxic says in the chat, if Jason Garrett makes a ring of honor and you leave Jimmy Johnson out, just wow. Maybe he did not have... uh, Jason Garrett in mind, based on what he talked about with San Antonio Star, uh, San Antonio Sports Star, excuse me. Uh, we'll get into that towards the end of the show, right here, as you can see in the rundown. However, uh, let's start with Dak Prescott and let's start with C.D. Lamb, because man, uh, you cannot take away too much, as I always say, from these early practices. It started with non-pads practice where you know there's not no contact allowed you have this receivers stunting on defensive backs Trayvon Diggs was not around because of an injury he came back today but little by little it seems like we are figuring out two things out of Oxnard number one is wide receivers are thriving and we talked about it shortly on Sunday night but the pads had not come on by then. We're two more practices in with pads on, and they're still looking pretty good. And I'm not talking only about CD and Gallup and Brandon Cooks. I'm talking also about some of the bottom of the depth chart guys. Kevontae Turpin is looking nice on offense. Jalen Tolbert is looking like he is delivering on all promises. And then... The other thing that appears to be certain so far, a handful of practices in, is that defensive front is pushing around the Cowboys' offensive line. But that comes with a little bit of a note. Because similarly to what I just said about Trayvon Diggs not being around for the first few practices, Tyron Smith is taking a lot of plays off, which is what you would expect from someone uh, you know, with so many, let's call it 
veteranship as him. Zach Martin is not around. Terrence Steele is being eased back into his starting role. So we see a lot of Chumayadoga. We see a lot of Matt Farniak. We see a lot of Matt Welletsko out there in practice. But Micah is out there destroying the offensive line. And honestly, it seems like Brandon Cooks, C.D. Lamb, they're doing the same to most, most of the Cowboys' uh, defensive backs. But it all starts with C.D. Lamb, who looks extremely ready for the season. And so does Dak Prescott. Whether he's targeting C.D. or Jake Ferguson or Brandon Cooks, for the most part, it seems like he's connecting. And the broken plays, again, for the most part, and again, you cannot take too much away from early practices, Looks like the one thing that stops Dak is the pressure because of what we had said about the pass rush being superior than the offensive line so far. But I want to start us off with a highlight from C.D. Lamb. This is from Mike Leslie over at WFAA. And you can see C.D. being followed by De'Ron Bland. And he goes up in the air and he kind of like twists himself. It made me think about the Minnesota Vikings catch, and obviously, you know, the one from his rookie year when, yeah, was it his rookie year though? No, it wasn't his rookie year, right? That was 2021. Was it? Man, I don't, I cannot remember. Like for one second, I just forgot. Uh, damn, <laughs> that crazy CD Lamb catch against the Vikings. I'm trying to think, I'm thinking it was 2020 because I'm thinking I was, back from a specific uh, trip, and I remember watching that in the airport. So we're going to go with 2020. You guys let me know if I'm wrong or right in the chat. Anyways, this made me think of that particular catch. You know which I am talking about. Not exactly the same, but you'll see what I mean when when we look at it. Let's roll the clip. Volume alert. If you're wearing headphones, if you have the show on too loud, this is a practice clip. So it might mess up a little bit with your volume, but I think it won't. I still like to give you guys a warning. Here we go. The way that he twists while he's on the air is what makes me think of that play. And I know that against the Vikings, it was even crazier because he was like, his helmet was flying to the ground, like he was upside down almost. But let's look at it again. The way that he twists and he stabs the football up in the air, which is exactly what you want to see from a wide receiver, especially a number one guy, it's pretty impressive. Let's look at it one more time. That's what you want. And I saw somebody call it double coverage over on Twitter. That's not double coverage. That's actually De'Ron Bland following him, but Trayvon Diggs getting involved in the play. Shout out to the chat. We were we were okay there. Okay. Gregory says, yes, 2020, COVID season. You are right, says JT. Toxic also confirmed. Lance and a JT also. Uh, appreciate you guys for confirming that. I remember it because I was... I was coming back from a trip and I had to watch from the airport. I absolutely despised that experience. I I cannot watch the games in public, man. I cannot. I need to be <laughs> I need to be alone or with family 
I don't even invite friends over to watch the football games. I know some some of you are going to be the same as me in that in that regard. But anyways, CV is off to a great start. Now, if I look at this Cowboys offense and I kind of like break it down objectively, what are the question marks that this offense has? You need to start with the offensive line. Maybe there is another question mark at tight end with, you know, Jake Ferguson stepping up into a much bigger role. There's also some question marks about Michael Gallup and where his health is at. How is Brandon Cooks going to look like in a new scenario, year one? Obviously, he's a veteran who has performed well in several situations and not ideal situations, by the way. So not as concerned about that. And you're obviously not as concerned about C.D. Lamb, year two as a number one wide receiver. He's experienced. He already proved that he can do the damn thing. But to me, one of the question marks or the variables that really pushes the Cowboys over the top is C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott becoming one of the best QB wide receiver duos in the NFL. If I look at the variables that can take the Cowboys over to that elite status as an offense, it's got to be them too. It's not Brandon Cooks arriving at the team, in my opinion. That is obviously a big-time boost, and it will result in a better offense. And in a way, it will help Prescott and CV really nurture that relationship. But to me, that's the one thing that can really have us, one year from now, looking at that duo the same way that we look at Josh Allen and Stephon Dix, to put it one way. And you look at other of the top wide receiver duos in the league, and you might think about, you know, and not saying that every one of these guys is a better QB than Dak or anything like that, but you look at the best duos of a QB and wide receiver number one in the NFL, and you got to start with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. In that case, I will say they're the superior duo. I think that's the best QB wideout duo in the NFL. But you can also look at Tua Tango-Vailoa and Tyreek Hill as one of the best because Tyreek is really one of the best receivers in the league. And you're not really going to like question that a lot. There's Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. I personally look at Dak as the better QB, but Justin Jefferson is in the conversation to be the top receiver in the NFL A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts is a pretty good duo. I know this is a Cowboy show, and I know that some people are going to hate hearing something good about the Eagles, but they're, they're in the conversation to be a top 10 duo for sure. Because A.J. Brown is pretty freaking good. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. Don't forget about Cooper Cup because he was injured last year. He's still one of the best in the NFL. If Dak Prescott and C.D., can position themselves up in that top five of duos. That's one of the things that can really push the Cowboys towards winning the NFC East and beating the Eagles for it. Because I look at it, and, and we have had this discussion a lot of times, Who, which NFC East team has a better team It's a it, it, from a roster perspective, and it is a very difficult question. I would lean towards the Eagles. If we go position by position, I will slightly lean toward the Eagles in several of them. Uh, 
starting with the offensive line, probably. But having that better QB, in my opinion, Dak Prescott is still a better QB than Jalen Hurts. And I'm not here to argue with Eagles fans in the comments or anything like that. I hope this show doesn't become that. You guys know that we don't do that here on primetime. But I see Dak as a better QB than Jalen. I'm not sure about AJ and CD. CD can really change that conversation this year. But I'm guessing he would probably be ranked above uh, by many people. I was looking at the NFL rankings from executives, scouts, and coaches. And I know that CD was number nine, for example. And there was this stat in that article that was Dak Prescott's QB rating when targeting CD last year. It was at 97 when his overall rating was around 57. And that's a big difference. And it's a tainted number because of all of the interceptions. But it really, really goes to show that if you got Brandon Cooks and you get into a situation in the playoffs where everyone is focusing on CD, then that particular connection is what's going to have Brandon Cooks killing the opposing defenses because he's going to be facing one-on-ones. And as we've learned in training camp, Brandon Cooks' double moves are pretty damn lethal. It's not about the downfield speed only. It's about that change of direction. It's about that, how he can change gears pretty easily and he's super smooth with his footwork. I don't think you're going to get into a situation in the playoffs if, if both, both of these guys are healthy and defenses have to worry about CD. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to face a situation in which the number two guy is not generating separation. But it all starts with CD demanding that attention in the first place. Or Brandon Cooks maybe doing it uh, from a vertical point of view more than anything else. That's how I look at it. And today's practice really made me think about that. The biggest jump that the Cowboys can make or one of the most valuable jumps that the Cowboys can make is Dak and CD taking that connection to the next level. And it's a full offseason more of work between the two from this perspective. Not as CD being the young one looking for a bigger role on offense and hoping to become the number one guy eventually. No, this is the second full offseason that the Cowboys have uh, and that Dak and CD have to say, hey, it's our time. We need to really lock down this relationship. And I think it will show up when the season starts. Let me see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. You're not wrong, though, says Travis. Let's see here. Jack says, if they are not a Cowboys fans, they can't come to my house on game day. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Gregory says, Mo, what was said during the trash talking between Dix and Dak? Oh, there was... There were some bad words flying around. There was the V word, for example, flying around. <laughs> That's essentially what uh, Trevon Diggs called Dak Prescott. And Dak just apparently just stands there and takes it. <laughs> you got to love trash talking in training camp. It's just one of the best things out of Oxnard. Always. Always. I love trash talking videos, man. Like even the mic'd up videos from random Q QBs or players around the NFL, I will watch the heck out of that. When I get with my friends and we start playing, like, for example, basketball or whatever, and let me lead off with this. I absolutely suck 
I know that I suck. I'm just going to go out there and have some fun. And I'm just trash talking all the time. Just like jokingly, <laughs> I got I, I got to love the, that kind of stuff. But yeah, there's a video already on Twitter where they picked up the audio. And that's essentially what Trayvon Diggs calls uh, uh, Dak Prescott. He says something like, shut up. <laughs> and Dak is just there taking it. Let's see here. You ain't brothers. You have called each other the B word every now and then. Oh, yeah. I see people making a big deal out of it. Like, oh, man, the team chemistry is off. It's not. <laughs> They're training and they are playing some damn football. That's how it goes. You think these guys are running at several miles per, per hour and crashing into each other and competing? And they're, they don't want to trash talk to prove who's the better player? Like, even if one is clearly the leader of the team, for example, in like Dak? <laughs> yeah, toxic. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Anthony says, much harder for the cornerbacks and the safeties to intercept the wide receivers when they run and jump and high point the football and come down with it. Yeah, man, being able to stab the football and really high point it is what can get you to the next level. Uh, anyways, a couple more thoughts about wideouts here before we move on to one of the best moments of practice. Michael Gallup lined up in front of Stephon Gilmore for the deep route. And man, speaking of high pointing the ball, it's not really a high point, but he does beat Gilmore in the deep one-on-one. -on -one. And you got to give some love to Dak Prescott too, because he puts it just where Ga uh, Gallup can go get it. So this is Gilmore versus Gallup, one-on-one, -on -one, deep route. Here we go. Michael Gallup, one of the most intriguing players heading into the 2023 NFL season. We know that he's a big question mark because of health. Is a healthy offseason going to change things significantly for him? Not only that, but he's going from a number two role into a number three role. Is that going to show up to when he's out there trying to gain separation? I personally think that it will. But before we continue here, though, I do want to say something about the battle for the number four spot in the wide receiver rotation. Simi Fajoko is dealing with a quad injury, and it's not like he's going to miss a serious amount of time, but it is kind of frustrating to hear. Uh, Simi Fajoko has been on the rise this offseason again, but it's another offseason injury for him, and I'm trying to find the exact tweet when these broke. Um, I'll, I'll tell you as soon as I find it. Okay, here's here it is from Michael Gilkin over at Dallas Morning News. Simi Fajoko suffered a quad contusion during Monday's practice when colliding with a linebacker. Uh, he did not practice today, but is expected to resume action this week. So this might be nothing. This might be just them being extremely cautious, but this is yet another offseason of him getting injured. And we have not heard much about Simi this offseason. And I wondered a little bit about this. Obviously, from my point of view, I'm not out there in Oxnard. 
we're watching from social media, we're seeing what reporters are saying, but you just don't see CBFL code come up that often. And Brian brought us over at the About Them Cowboys podcast. He actually mentioned that he had not seen Fehoko really stand out. In the meantime, Jalen Tolbert is kind of standing out. And in the meantime, Kevontae Turpin is kind of standing out. So I think that why he, I think if you ask me who's one player whose stock is down since the start of camp, again, it is pretty early. But it's got to be Sima Fehoko. I'm really looking forward to seeing him return to practice and see what he can do to really change that. Because obviously, he's a different type of receiver than Turpin. You're not going to feel the role of a Sima Fehoko with a Kevontae Turpin or the other way around. But it does sound like he has that... Uh, I mean, Jalen Tolbert specifically, I would say, has that upper hand right now for the number four wide receiver spot something to look forward to anything on sam williams says uh ocean of soul uh it was a shoulder strain injury for sam williams doesn't sound like he's gonna be out for a long long time but let's see if he does come back this week i do know that obviously not ideal to have sam williams one of your top breakout candidates for this season, uh, missing time in, in training camp. So hopefully he's able to return soon, but it doesn't sound like it's all that concerning. Uh, however, it is a shoulder strain. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, really quickly here. Uh, Caustic says, Simi is the guy that, the, that gets all the evens correct in the math book, but for some reason misses every odd. That is actually pretty, pretty... Uh, this pretty descriptive of the situation. First day of real practices, Troy, LOL. Oh, yeah. And by the way, just uh, that's why we let off with that. Every takeaway that you can have from every practice needs to be weighted appropriately. Doesn't mean that you can't talk about it because that would be also like pretty dumb to not talk about it. But it's not like number the number two practice with pads of the year is going to make you go, oh, Simi Fehoku is out of the roster. Not at all. Not at all. That's why we that's why we use the stock terminology too. Like they're fluid. And right now it does seem like that stock is a little bit low. And hopefully he misses not a lot of time. Tomorrow there is no practice. We know that. We know that there are two more padded practice left to go based on what Mike McCarthy said in the press conference. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Costa Collins says, Mo, who you got? Is it Jalen Tolbert? Is it seven-round draft pick Jalen Brooks? Or is it Jalen Moreno Cropper? <laughs> Why well, is this extremely evident? And it hadn't even like occurred to me that the three of them were <laughs> named Jalen. Like Here I am complaining about Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith playing next to each other and making offensive line breakdowns so complicated to follow, especially because Tyler might play Tyron's position, et cetera. But I had, man, I, I feel dumb for not figuring that out. That being said, if I had to bet on one of the three, give me Jalen Tolbert. I know that Jalen Brooks is exciting and he's also getting a lot of praise, by the way, from reporters. And Mike McCarthy talked about him today too. Jalen Moreno Cropper, we know that he is 
the consensus favorite UDFA of the year. But I would say Tolbert, man. Like, he has the upper hand for sure. Let's see. Lots of Jalen's and lots of Smith's. Coincidence? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, man. We got to move on. We, I'm not going to. I'm not going to engage with. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Mojo moments. I just want to shout out this moment of practice as well. The Cowboys had mojo, a, a mojo moment consisting of five two-point conversion attempts. And the offense got all five. It was, quote unquote, the first team offense. And I say that because in some of the reps, you could see that there were the second team wide receivers, but Dak Prescott was in it. They went five for five, but you know, I'm not going to dwell on the results. What I am going to say is that last night we talked about how much motion would the Cowboys use. And I liked seeing a lot of motion in that mojo moment. There was one in which Brandon Cooks motioned inside and then had his route towards the corner of the end zone, which I don't have that clip right now, but that a touchdown looked ridiculously easy for him. He kind of like just raised his two hands, got the football, and then just brought it down. But what was crazy is he seemed to like not look at the football for very long. So it almost looked like he caught it without looking, which was pretty impressive. Then there was one play where Jake Ferguson did something similar on the other side of the offense. He motioned inside, and then he got the touchdown on the outbreaking route. And I believe there was one more. Oh, yeah, there was one more. I want to say with Kevontae Turpin motioning like in a jet-type motion, and he got open, and he got uh, the throw to the corner of the end zone, which was similar to another defensive highlight later in practice where Trayvon Dix had his moment of the day. He returned to practice today. He took part in team drills. And this is one of the highlights of Tuesday. Has to be Turpin goes in motion, Trayvon Dix shadowing him, and he gets the pass breakup. Take into consideration just how fast Cavante Turpin when you watch the following clip. Trevon Diggs, highlight real worthy play. Let's watch it. Man, the closing speed that Trevon Diggs shows in that play was pretty cool. Obviously, the physical hands at the point of the catch, non-catch basically though. Uh, big moment for Trayvon Diggs. I saw a tweet from one of the reporters out there saying that he had kind of like a slow start easing his way back into the team drills, but then he showed that he was uh, ready to go, I think, with one. Oh, Toxic Tom with the producer note. That is true. It is Tuesday. Had not occurred to me that I didn't include the one cool thing in the rundown or in my script. That's okay. We can improvise. We can do a one cool thing if you guys want us to do a one cool thing. Toxic says that he had a good one. So we'll do that towards the end of the show. We might run long then. We might run long today. Uh, anyways, y'all enjoy 
the top cornerback stuff here from Lance. Bruce says this is why they paid Diggs. That is a fun defensive highlight, right? And there were more. There were more. I have one that is not exactly fun. And this is Michael Parsons. Yep. Getting the pressure as he has all of training camp so far. Yes, two padded practices in, but it's been extremely dominant so far. This is Michael Parsons hitting Dak Prescott down low. Dak going to the ground. And I can imagine that everyone who was there got a little bit scared. However, Prescott did not miss any reps. He was not hurt. He was not shaken up. Anything like that. But, ooh-wee. Mike giving us his scare. Let's look at it. Can you imagine being Mike McCarthy and watching that up close? Like having Dak Prescott go down and you kind of like... The 2022, the 2023 derailed version of the season going through your eyes. You go five and 12. You're picking top 10 in the draft. And the media is calling for you to trade up and draft Caleb Williams, something like that. <laughs> I'm guessing that's probably what Mike McCarthy saw for a split second there. Uh, obviously, people are jumping on like Mike Parsons for it. Uh, they're hating on him. I, I think it's. I mean, it's an accident. It happens because he's falling down. And you can even see like how he's trying to stop himself with the hand on the ground. But, you know, as I said, he's going 100 every single play. There's nothing that he can do in that kind of situation. Uh, a block would have been nice. Let's watch it again. Basically goes untouched with that signature inside move. Uh, let's see, though. Here, uh, Micah Pete is a fool. Lance says Micah is an alien. Uh, Travis says he was moving so fast he couldn't pull up. Yeah, because I think cause I think he tries. He seemingly tries to stop and avoid eating Dak Prescott. But we cannot sit here for multiple days and praise Micah Parsons for being so fast. Praise Micah Parsons for being relentless and taking no plays off. Get hyped when Andrew Whitworth compares him to Aaron Donald because of it. Be all hyped about Tyron Smith saying the same about Micah. And then be all like, oh, Micah needs to grow up. That is not going to fly. That is not going to fly. Ocean says, who is number 71? It is Chuma Edoga who is doing. A little bit of everything right now for the Cowboys. You're seeing playing him inside. You're seeing him playing left tackle and right tackle. Chumo Edoga is number 71, and he's getting a lot of reps in training camp. Obviously, because Tyron is getting, uh, you know, not a lot of... Um, I mean, he's getting reps, but like, for example, today it was a veteran day for him, so pretty much he didn't practice. Terrence Steele is being eased back into practice with his injury rehab. So there's just a lot of reps for Chuma, and he's getting a lot, right? Uh, let's see here. Oh, Charlene, I don't know if this is... I, I don't know. Um, Charlene says, who is Botch Lombardi? Is he affiliated with ADC Sports Dallas? He was a guest on another channel today and mentioned Sky. Lombardi is a legend 
of Cowboys content creators. He knows that. Uh, obviously, he is great in what he does. He has been covering the Cowboys on YouTube for a long, long time. Sky and him are pretty good friends, and Sky produces his show over on The Volume. And yeah, Bosch is great. He really is pretty cool. We need to... Cossack says he is elite. Yeah, he really is. And he will break down tape as well. He must follow, in my opinion, everywhere on social media. If you're on Twitter, go follow Bosch Lombardi. If you're on YouTube, go catch his show. Pretty great. Pretty great. And yeah, I do know that that uh, Sky is on his volume stream sometimes like because he's, he produces the show. And from what I've seen, he does pop up every once in a while in that show too. So they obviously they do some pretty cool stuff. So there you go, Charlene. I do recommend you checking his show out because it's pretty cool. And his Twitter, if you're not on Twitter, uh, definitely go check him out. That being said, let's move on to... Oh, Jerry Jones had a Tuesday. Jerry Jones talked about Zach Martin. He talked about Ezekiel Elliott. And he said some wild, wild stuff about the Ring of Honor, guys. Where should I start? <laughs> let's, let's get the Zach Martin thing out of the way because I don't want to spend too much time in it. We know, what's going, we know what's happening right now. They're just negotiating in public pretty much. Jerry Jones once more, I mean, he was on the ticket and then he was on San Antonio Sports Star. He had a radio tour, to put it one way. And about Zach Martin, he essentially said, yeah, we need to pay other players. Every dollar that Zach Martin gets is a dollar that somebody else gets. That somebody else doesn't get, excuse me. But come on, Jerry. Micah Parsons cannot even start negotiating until 2024. The other time he used Micah as a reason why they were, you know, Potentially not paying Zach Martin. Martin is not asking for a sick amount of money. It's basically a $7 million raise from what he's earning now. And obviously, it's a little bit more complicated than that. But it's pretty doable. And Zach Martin and Parsons' time frames are not similar. Again, Micah cannot even start negotiating until 2024. So the Cowboys have a full year, at least. Like, if, if you want to get that deal ASAP, they have a full year to get that done. At the very least, because there's also a deal on his, on his contract. You can pick up the 50-year option. So you could really draw it out if Zach Martin was giving you no options, to put it one way. Uh, I, do, I will say, though, that the Cowboys do have leverage over Zach Martin. The guy is getting fined $50,000 per day, and he is under contract. Sack's not going to miss the regular season, and the Cowboys know that very well. So they do have some leverage there. I still think they should do right by Sack Martin. And should I add, and I will take you back a few months to one of the conversations that we have about the Cowboys' salary cap situation. Forget about the salary cap for a minute. Let's, let's pretend it literally does not exist. We're going to do that right now. One, two, three. Forget about the salary cap. Don't think in terms of the salary cap. The league requires you 
as a as an NFL team. This is a rule, not making it up. The league requires you to spend a minimum amount of cash over three-year periods. Right now, we are nearing the end of one of those three-year periods. It Basically, it is the 2023 season, which ends in March of 2024, when the season officially ends, contracts expire, free agents become free agents, blah, blah, blah. The Cowboys are below that minimum right now. They're going to change that pretty easily by paying Trayvon, by paying C.D. Lamb potentially, potentially extending Dak Prescott, potentially extending Micah before that deadline in 2024. But I say this to bring up the fact that, no, it's not like the Cowboys are, (laughs) this is so dumb to even say, but it's not like the Cowboys cannot spend. They have the money. They need to spend money even. And yes, they can get there pretty easily. But the point being, it's not really a money problem based on what they can do by the rules. It's a money problem based on what they want to do with the rules. Because even if you factor in the salary cap, suddenly the salary caps exist again. We can factor it in into the conversation. Zach Martin's reworked deal is not going to break it down. It's not. He has voidable years in his contract that you can work with. You could extend him and make it even more cap-friendly. And even if Zach Martin is a, a little bit older now than he was when he signed that previous deal in 2018, it's not like he's showing signs of declining. He might start declining. That would be the natural cycle of a player's life in the NFL. But if he declines what? He will go from a consistent all-pro to an occasional all-pro player? I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week. And I do think something will get done. But it's kind of frustrating to see Zach, uh, Jerry Jones kind of like on this media tour explaining why he won't. He does seem pretty convinced, at least, on, on when talking to the media. I said that I was not going to spend too much time with Jerry Jones and Zach Martin, but, you know, one gets carried away. And this might be a long show from what I'm kind of getting the vibes here. Bob Lilly is literally Mr. Cowboy, one of my favorites as well. And I'm in my 30s. This is toxic. Caustic says, let's just convert Zach to a cyborg and sign him to a 50-year extension. Let's see here. I missed where the Bob Lilly comment started, but I see that Bob Lilly is getting some, some well-deserved love in there. Uh, the NBA has a soft cap, but teams have to spend 90% of the cap as a floor. And yeah, it is it is a big number for the NFL, but the thing is that it's over three years, so teams can really backload or front load that cash spending. So for example, the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, they went crazy in spending, and they're one of the highest spending teams over that three-year period. And you looked at the salary cap this year, and it was manageable, but what was not really manageable was the fact that they had spent a lot of cash, and the Jaguars are not the Cowboys. So you just knew that the Jaguars were going to have a very quiet offseason, 
as opposed to the Cowboys who were in a position to get some deals done. And so far, they have only done Trayvon's. We'll see if that changes here in the next few weeks before the regular season starts. Anyways, something else that Jerry Jones talked about to the media was Ezekiel Elliott. And yes, you might be surprised to learn this, but Jerry Jones did not rule out bringing back Ezekiel Elliott, which was pretty evident that he, I mean, he was it, it was expected that he would say that. However, when Mike McCarthy was asked about it, according to NFL reporters that were in Oxnard, Mike McCarthy was like, yeah, we don't. We don't have reps to give him, and we're not going to deviate from our plan like that right now. What does that mean exactly? Does it mean that they wouldn't bring Ezekiel Elliott back for a training camp? Maybe. Does it mean that he's completely ruled out? Maybe not. Like, if you're worried about reps, you might still be worried about having the backup running back that you want when the season starts. So he could be a very late pickup even for the Cowboys. I'm talking about one week from the season type pickup. And yet, it's easy to get the impression that the coaching staff and maybe even the pro personnel is not really considering sick at this point. It's just Jerry being Jerry with the media. It feels like that right now. And it's not hating on Ezekiel Elliott or anything like that, by the way. From my part, I just thought it was interesting to see Mike McCarthy be like, oh, we don't have the reps to give around at this point. So I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet on a Zeke reunion going into this week of training camp. Why are we talking about below average street free agent running backs as caustic? All right, that, that could be considered Ezekiel Elliott hate. <laughs> uh, let's see goes as Lance Caustic says correct the market does not value him Catherine says I think that Seek will be back before the season starts Mo ah I would I would give you good odds on that like I wouldn't make the Cowboys a favorite to land Seek but then again cannot rule it out I guess they have not wanted to rule it out uh, but Mike McCarthy sounded like he had now the Ring of Honor. Man. Jerry Jones earlier this week had had some comments about, you know, I don't know if I'm going to put Jimmy Johnson in it. And even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you until like one week before I announced it. He said all of that. And he was on an interview with San Antonio Sports Star over at 94.1. And this is via RJ Ochoa and his Twitter account. Because in that, in sorry, I'm going to go back to the original comments. In those original comments, Jerry Jones had said that there was Jimmy Johnson and then there was a couple of other coaches. Okay? Couple of other coaches who he could see getting in the ring of honor, potentially, hypothetically. Just a thought, nothing too serious. Two other coaches, other than Jimmy Johnson, in franchise history who could go in the ring of honor. I was suffering 
last night, kind of like thinking, wait, who? And then he was asked about it on the San Antonio Sports Star Show. And he didn't mention any of them by name, but he kind of reminded the radio hosts that the Cowboys have two other Super Bowl winning coaches. One is Barry Switzer. I, I thought the long, the long silence was called for. And the other was Bill Purcells. You might not have thought about Bill Purcells because he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. <laughs> so what are these heels that Jerry Jones is like trying to, to die in, right? Like what, what are his arguments when it comes to the Ring of Honor? It's, man, I hate it. I, I obviously I know the Cowboys Nation hates the fact that Jimmy Johnson is not up there. More than that, not more than that, but what makes it worse is that in 2021, Jerry Jones sat in a studio with Jimmy Johnson and he said, Yes, you will be in the ring of honor. And then Jimmy Johnson was surprised when Jerry said that on air, and he said, while I'm alive, the guy still doesn't know. He still doesn't know if he will get in there while he's alive. It's pretty ridiculous. It's ridiculous for Jimmy Johnson to not be in it and Jerry to start the conversation about Barry and Bill Purcells. What is the logic there? Suggesting that they would belong in the Ring of Honor potentially is crazy enough. But to have that conversation, even have that thought out there in the media before having Jimmy Johnson up there, it's insulting for Jimmy Johnson, man. It is. Never mind that Barry Switzer won with what was pretty much Jimmy's team. And never mind that Bill Purcell's I mean, he, he, Bill Purcell's career won't be remembered because of what he did with the Cowboys. And yeah, he did say it. Uh, he did say it on Jimmy's Hall of Fame night. Yeah, of course, Jerry had to take Jimmy's day of recognition and make it somehow about him. Petty, selfish, Mansus, toxic. Bill Purcell's was my first thoughts as Travis. A uh, ring worthy, no, but he did bring Witten, Romo, and where to start a turnaround for this franchise. That is a good point. I agree with maybe not for the Ring of Honor, but still, like he won't be remembered because of that. And saying that, you know, I need to remind you that we have two other Super Bowl coaches. That doesn't sound fair. <laughs> uh, then Mike, then put Mike McCarthy up there too. While while we're at it, right? It's crazy. That being said, let's get into the one cool thing of the week. It's not on the rundown, but it is Tuesday. I don't have a one cool thing of the week. I will try to think about it while I present the segment. But for those of you who are new to the show, every Tuesday we have a random segment that is kind of like a feel-good segment where I ask you, what is your one cool thing of the week? It can be one thing, professional, 
personal, sports-related, non-sports-related, let me know in the chat. Mine is actually pretty easy now that I think about it. Now that I think about it, mine is pretty easily the fact that last night was my birthday. And if you guys have been watching the show for about over a month, you will know that it wasn't the easiest of birthdays. You know, uh, my dad passed away a little bit over a month ago, so it was obviously going to be a difficult day in that sense. Still managed to have a pretty good time, though. Uh, ate with my family, and then I went to dinner with my girlfriend. She bought some steaks, and it, they were pretty damn good. The steaks were. Had some wine, had some fun. And then the fr Friday of last week, I had kind of like my celebration with my friends. Most of them do not even live uh, where I live. So it was pretty fun to be together with all of the friends. So it was pretty cool. That is my one cool thing of the week. Bittersweet, but I like people who make it sweet, uh, if that makes sense. Like family, friends, my girlfriend. That's my one cool thing of the week. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. Ah, Toxic says, For the first time since 2016, the Baltimore Orioles won the season series versus the Yankees. What an age to be alive. This is not fair. Happy birthday, Moses, Kevin. Thank you, sir. And for Caustic as well. Lance says, my daughter is finally leaving my house for her own apartment. Let's go, Lance. Let's go, Lance's daughter. That is one cool thing. Bruce says, my vacation starts this week. Katharina says, I locked in my NFL Sunday ticket for the season. Cannot wait until kickoff. There you go. That is cool. I need to figure out my Game Pass situation. Uh, in Mexico, Game Pass is basically Sunday ticket instead of Different thing, but anyways. Uh, Philip says, but I woke up this morning. God loves me. You have a great show. And the Dallas Cowboys, which are the best team in the world. It's all about being thankful. Shout out to Philip. Bruce says, uh, oh, no, congrats. Colin says, I got a promotion at work. Handing over my job this week and starting on Monday. There you go. There you go. Uh, Toxic says, keep Boone forever. No, sir. No, sir. Aaron Boone needs to go. He might even, I'm starting to wonder if he will make it to the end of the season, man. Aaron Boone. I don't know what the Yanks are going to do, but baseball has not been fun to me <laughs> this year. I'm more likely to want to put up the Angels and watch Shohei Otani just do his thing than I am to get in the mood for some Yankees baseball. It's not pretty fun. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show i appreciate you taking the time out of your day to tune in do me a favor though if you like the show if you enjoyed yourself hit the like button for me because every like puts this show in front of more and more cowboys fans so do me a solid hit the thumbs up and i will see you tomorrow because we are live every sunday through thursday night 8 p.m central muchísimas gracias y nos vemos el día de mañana bye bye